there and welcome to Thrive Church Podcast here in Puyallup, Washington. We're so glad you found us and hope you enjoy listening to this sermon of the week. Awesome. Wow, wow. So we've been in this this value series, Building Blocks for Transformation. Uh, we really do believe that, that, that these values that, that we share here at Thrive are, are things that will build uh, in us and in our community transformation. We want to see, uh, see transformation happen. Uh, our community uh, is ripe for transformation. Uh, our community wants to experience more of who God is. <laughs> they may not even know it yet, but they want that. So I'm excited about that. So uh, we've had some amazing messages this during the series. This is message number six. Uh, and I'm going to be talking about unity. Uh, you can see the other values there. If you haven't had a chance to, to go over and, and gander at these uh, amazing uh, pictures that have our values there. They're just beautiful and um, just check them out. They're really cool. So um, anyway, we're uh, going to jump in this morning. Um, this has been kind of the scope of the series today. I'm talking about unity next week. This is not winding down. It's making sure you get that. It's not today. We're not kind of winding the series down. Next week is going to be amazing. Uh, Nikki Robs, our children's ministry director, she's going to be sharing uh, just about people. And uh, she carries an amazing uh, heart and value for people. And she's going to release that over us next week. So that's going to be super, super fun. Um, so uh, kind of mark that in your minds because next week's going to be good too. So um, I wanted to kind of come back to, I, I went over this, the very first message when I was uh, sharing about invading the impossible. I just kind of put some goals out there uh, for our series. And I wanted to just kind of come back and look at them. It's been this is it's been six weeks. Like, how are we doing? We haven't I haven't brought these up in the last several weeks, and um, but I just thought let's take a look at them. Share about the key values we've been we've been doing that. It's like that that happens, right? So that's been yay check. Um, describe the impact of these values in our environment. What does it look like? What are what are some lived out behaviors? And I've loved just every single message and, and hearing uh, the different ones share um, about what how they see this particular value and what it looks like in our environment. So um, I, I'm pleased with that. See growth in each of our lives. Ultimately, growth is what we're after. If we, if we can like move forward, it doesn't matter even if it's just a little bit. Growth is is awesome. That's what we're after. We want to see these values expand, these cultures uh, expand here in our midst, in our inside of our house. But ultimately, what we want to what we want to see is we want to see these values expand and begin to affect and transform the community and the region around us. Amen. Awesome. Um, obviously, want to be providing some vision about what you'll experience here at Thrive, uh, some future ideas of, of what it looks like when it comes to some of these ideals that we've been sharing, um, and increase awareness and buy-in for the Thrive vision. We want you to know who we are and where we're going and what we're what's beating in our hearts, so that you can you can join with us and go after the things that we're going after. So um, there you go. I don't know how that uh, little review helped you, but uh, it helped me. So. Oh, I'm doing good. <laughs> All right. 
We've been kind of looking at our Thrive mission statement each week, and I want to read it again today. Expanding God's kingdom by igniting transformation through vibrant growth individually and globally. So that's what we want to see happening. We want to create an opportunity for growth. Uh, we want to create an opportunity uh, for, for expansion of God's kingdom. Um, growth is going to create transformation because what changes us changes the world around us. Right? If we're changed, it's going to change the experience that we bring to those around us that we're in relationship with, people that we meet. Transformation here will bring transformation out there. Amen. Cool. So today we're talking about unity. For those of you that don't know, I'm the lead pastor. <laughs> Most of you here know that. So moving right on here. All right, unity. What does unity? What does lunity look like? I don't know. We're not going to talk about lunity, but we're we're going to talk about unity. Um, what what unity looks like to us? Uh, just a way to describe it, 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 it looks like bringing our best and partnering with others. Bringing our best. We get to bring our best. We're going to talk some more about this as we get through the message today. But uh, we want to bring our best. And we also love to partner with others. I want to read our, our, our value statement about unity. And it's this. We value all that God is doing throughout the body of Christ. And we love to partner with other churches in our region to see the kingdom of God increase. Yeah, it's good. We value all that God is doing. How many know that there's a lot that God's doing? <laughs> uh, and sometimes we like, well, what's God doing in your life? And we kind of be on the spot, like oh, deer in the headlights. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know, but He is doing something in your life, and He's doing something in in churches in our region. I've actually, I've actually been realizing um, just over this week as I've been kind of preparing my heart for this message that God has been doing some amazing things when it comes to how the body of Christ actually looks at unity. It's, it's really cool to think about. Uh, I mean, just, just, there's a, there, there is a unity of faith that is rising in churches. It's, it's like uh, you, you, I, meet, I meet with pastors at times and, and other, uh, just other people that I run into that are, that are believers. And it's amazing that, that there are so many people that are, they, they believe for the supernatural. Where I don't know if I ran into that years and years ago. It's kind of, I mean, they, they can be from all kinds of different backgrounds. Baptist pastors that are like, you know, I, I, met, a, I met a Baptist pastor, former Baptist pastor, I should say, but um, that um, honestly, his church didn't believe in the supernatural. And, and he personally didn't believe in the supernatural until he got healed. <laughs> it was like all of a sudden worlds began to collide because it was like all these things that he preached against. Like, well, he, this doesn't happen anymore until it does. And then when it does, it's kind of like you have to kind of change your theology because uh, somehow what was whatever I was preaching before, it doesn't fit because it's just there's this collision of ideas. And so uh, he got to share with me kind of the transformation in his life after he got healed. <clears throat> 
and he got healed of, of, of a condition, a skin condition called eczema, uh, which is, I think, super common. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, but he got completely healed in a moment. God just touched him, and instantly his skin was, uh, was 100% beautiful, amazing, soft, not scratchy, not itchy, no bumps. I mean, just all of that instantly happened. And uh, yeah, so God kind of began to change his theology. But what, what's happening is God is moving in the earth is these things begin to affect people and, and it, it raises the level of our faith. Understanding that actually what kind of unity God is after in the body of Christ is not a unity of, of, of uh, we'll get into this in a minute, so I'm not going to go too deep here, but, but what he's after is a unity of faith. Like that's, that's in Ephesians four. I'm not even, I don't think I'm going to read that scripture, but, but there's a, there's a unity of faith that, which is like believing in what you can't see. There's a unity that's rising in the body of Christ that is about faith in what we can't see, believing in those things that we can't see. And that's actually something that is happening throughout the church. God's doing that. That's beautiful. So we value that. We value what he's doing. All right. This is a really great scripture. This is actually a whole chapter. I get to read a whole chapter of the Bible today for you. Psalm 133. <laughs> it's not Psalm 119. I'm just we can be glad about that, right? <clears throat> Psalm 133, a song of ascent of David. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. It's a wonderful picture of, of what God, how God sees Unity. When God looks at the at, at his people and he sees unity, this is how he feels about it. How good and how pleasant it is. And and and, and the reason we know that this is how God feels is because the last that last sentence. There, the Lord bestows his blessing. He's watching. He's looking out across his body, across the, the members of, of the church, and he's seeing the unity that's there. And when he sees uh, people dwelling together in unity, it moves him. And he says, I'm going to release blessing there. I'm going to pour something out that's amazing there. <clears throat> These pictures that are, that are uh, here of, of what happens in in this place of unity precious oil poured on the head now maybe you aren't like thinking you know what david you know you got you got the beard going on it's really awesome I, i'm really doubting that you're wanting like oil running down your face over your beard dripping down on your shirt but <laughs> probably not right but uh, this picture is like the picture of anointing it's like that's what they did to the priests when they were when it was their time for anointing. When when David was anointed as king, Saul, uh, Samuel, prophet Samuel poured oil over him, and they didn't. I mean, they were like extravagant people back in those days. They were like, we're not going to just like little little dab oil, little dab will do you. Like, no, we're going to pour it on you just so much. It's extravagant. Not just like enough to kind of like let you feel it on your head. We're going to keep pouring. 
we're going to keep going. No, no, it's not enough yet. It's, it's kind of got your hair, but you're, it's not dripping down yet. We're going to keep pouring. Oh, there it starts to get your beard. That's good. Not quite enough yet. That's the picture that is being given here. It's like, it's not just enough oil to kind of get you a little bit oily. <laughs> this is going to come over you and it's going to, it's going to flow down enough that it's going to, it's abundance and it's pouring down and it's coming down on your, on your, on your, on your robe. And the dew of Hermon, it's the same picture. Uh, apparently, uh, I, didn't, I didn't do a lot of research, but I did a little bit. Uh, the dew of Hermon, uh, Hermon was known, uh, the, it was like this mountain, that it, would like, it was so wet with dew, it was, like, it was like famous for it. It's like it was abundance. So it's again, it's, in a, picture, it's a picture of abundance. And that's how God wants to, wants to release favor and blessing on a people that are dwelling in unity. So how important is unity? It's pretty important. It's pretty powerful. I'll read a couple more scriptures here. Second Chronicles 5. These are some pictures, some, some things that actually happened in, in scripture that relate specifically to unity. Second Chronicles 5, 13 and 14 says the trumpeters and musicians joined in unison that's how we know it's unity right it's that word right there uh, the trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord accompanied by trumpets cymbals and other instruments the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and saying he is good his love endures forever and here's this, here's that response from God's heart then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that heart of, of abundance. You can even see like kind of picture the oil that we, that we were talking about. God's saying, oh, there's unity here. I'm pouring out something extravagant. I'm going to pour out something amazing here. And he pours out so much of his self. I mean, he thought of, like, what could I give these people? He's like, well, I'll just give them myself because it's the best thing I could possibly give them. So he gives them himself. He pours out his presence and, his, and the glory of the Lord shows up and the priests can't do what they're supposed to. I mean, I mean, they've got jobs. They've got assignments. They're supposed to do certain things in the temple, but they can't do it. Why? Because God's like, I want to bless these guys with so much abundance, so much of my presence. And he's responding to that unity. Isn't that cool? Another example is in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That's that unity. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, I mean, what, what, did, what did Jesus tell his disciples? He's like, I, I want you to go... Go to the upper room, right? Go find a place and get in unity. You know, stay there, pray together, worship together. Talk about, uh, talk about the good things of God. Talk, just get your hearts into a place of unity because something big is going to happen. 
You're gonna, you go and wait for the promise, is what he said to them. Go wait for the promise that was given to you. And they begin to wait. And when they got to this place of one accord, something broke out. I mean, I don't know. It's like, I, I kind of would rather picture it like this. I'd rather picture that God was waiting for them to kind of get into the right condition, like get their hearts into unity. And it's like, you know, I, that's a better picture. And then he pours out the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit was going to come because he promised it, right? I'd rather picture it that way than, you know, God up in heaven like, yep, yeah, it's time. I don't know if they're ready or not, you know? It's like, it's going to, it's like, this isn't the, necessarily the appointed time, but the unity that they came into, it pulled it out of heaven. It's like, it's time. It's, something's going to be pulled out of heaven because God sees it. He's like, oh, I can't hold myself back there. The Lord bestows the blessing. Isn't that a, a fun picture? It's like, they could have been there like 10 more days if it didn't happen, but it did happen. It pulled it right out of heaven. So beautiful. Unity. Unity is not uniformity. How many are thankful for that? It's like, uh, well, to be in unity is, I mean, you have to think like I think, you have to dress like I dress, you have to act like I act, and that's actually not what unity looks like. It's not. Ephesians 4 I love the Bible, so I'm just going to be sharing right out of it here a bunch of scripture today. So Ephesians chapter 4, first seven verses. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with, you, with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So it talks about the, the unity of the spirit. What does the unity of the spirit look like? So uh, I'm kind of going to go back into these, these verses a little bit and, and point out some things. But um, we see starting like at, at verse 4, we see over and over all these things that are, there's one body, there's one spirit, just as you were called in one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. So it's talking about the same. All this, there's only one. There's one Father. There's one baptism. There's one hope, right? There's one. But then it says, but to each one, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, what he's starting to talk about there is that what you have each received is different. Now, there's all these things that are the same, but each of you have a different gift. Each of you have received something different. If we go back into the first part of these, these verses, uh, what is it talking about? It says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, bearing with one another in love. Why would you need to do that? <laughs> that's, 
That's not a picture of sameness. That's not a picture of everybody doing it the same way. What that is, is a picture of everybody's going to be different. And our job in, in, in creating unity is to have that unity with diversity. It's like everybody's different. But unity is actually when we embrace differences and we celebrate them instead of when we uh, like require sameness. <laughs> Diversity is what makes unity dynamic. <laughs> unity would be really boring and it wouldn't have the power that it does if everybody was the same. We wouldn't even need to talk about unity if we were all the same, because we, we would think alike. It was like, unity is a value that we press into. We try to create unity in our hearts. We want to develop and cultivate a heart of unity. And the reason that that's necessary is because of diversity. You don't think like I think. You don't see things the way I see them. You have your own perspective on every aspect of life. And it's unique to your experiences. It's unique to your gifts. It's unique to your calling in life. Right? So the, the heart for unity is when we decide, even though we're so different and you see everything so differently than I do, we're going to go after these things together. We're going to develop relationships and we're going to pursue some goals together because of unity. We're going we're gonna to endeavor to keep the, the, the unity of the spirit. It takes, it takes an endeavor to maintain unity. It takes labor to do that. Some of you have been in a relationship for, for lots of years. You get this, right? Angie was even talking about it in our relationship. For unity to exist in our relationship, it's, it's through seasons of time. I mean, sometimes it's great. And sometimes, some, some nights out on our date nights, we do, I talk about date nights a lot because they're really special to us. But um, when I take Angie out on our, on our date, we try to go once a week. Um, when I take her out, some nights are like amazing. We feel so in love and everything's like awesome. And everything she says makes my heart feel warm and everything I say makes well I don't know about that um, I think it might happen once in a while but you know so there's those high moments but then there are those other times when like I'm in a bad mood and she has to put up with my complaining for two hours while we're out she's like can we go home now it's not quite that bad maybe <laughs> but you hear what I'm saying relationship that's committed and, and is for the long haul you go through things and we have to deal with people we have to deal with differences, right? <laughs> and actually, when we recognize that those differences are what makes, what, what makes relationships beautiful, all of a sudden something begins to spark that's really beautiful, it's powerful. Diversity is what makes unity dynamic. I put this chart together. I thought this might be helpful. Because I think we can misunderstand what unity looks like. What biblical unity is not. Biblical unity is not getting everybody to do the same thing. What biblical unity is, is releasing, releasing people to do their thing. 
That's, it's unity. When we release each other to do the thing that we're passionate about, do the thing that you're made for, and I'll support you in it. That's what unity looks like. Biblical unity is not doctrinal agreement. <laughs> I mean, that's just not what it is. Like we're waiting for us to get all of us here in this room in doctrinal alignment. You have to believe like I believe. I mean, we, I've got people on our team that don't believe the same exact things that I believe. And I value their perspective. I learn from them. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? We actually get to learn from each other because our perspectives provide a different view of who God is and who we are and how our world works. If we draw things in, in such a way that it's like we have to have doctrinal agreement, then what happens is we get very small very fast. It's like you can't be around me unless you believe just like I do. Because I value agreement. But when we can come to this place of celebrating uh, uniqueness, this is um, a different line there. Relational alignment is what a biblical unity looks like. Relational. We, 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 uh, we align on the basis of relationship, not on the basis of agreement. Right? What that oftentimes looked like, looks like in relationship is I value you more than I value the issues. Like, the issues are important to me. I mean, I, uh, theology, even. I mean, I'm a pastor. Theology is important to me. Right? You don't have to have the same theology for me to value you as a person. You are more important than what I think about theology or what I think about the issues. Biblical unity is not expected behavioral standards. It's got to look like this. Biblical unity is celebrating uniqueness. It's not the absence of diversity. It's valuing diversity for its beauty and more complete representation of Christ. Biblical unity is not compromising to keep the peace. <laughs> I'm going to unveil a little bit here of what I think I'm, what, what I'm meaning when I'm saying that. Um, Compromising uh, to keep the peace. Years and years ago, uh, we, you know, throughout throughout our history here of the church, we've we've had opportunities to partner with other churches and do different things. And sometimes in the past, there were times when we would partner with other churches uh, to do events and, and different kinds of things. But uh, when we would do those things, what was kind of what normally happened is like, well, we were a, you know, we're a, we're a spirit filled church that we believe in the supernatural. We have these we have these ways of looking at, at scripture and understanding who God is and, and not all churches are in the same place on all of those kinds of things so what we found is when we would get together with some of those churches that maybe were different than us in those ways is that it, everything had to settle to the, the lowest common denominator because we don't want to offend them you know we don't want to have worship where we you know might have clapping or People might raise their hands or, you know, God forbid, dance 
Or we don't want to have that happening in a place where people don't, like, they're not used to anything more than, like, stand up, sit down, with open up the hymnal. You know what I'm saying? So we kind of, we migrate to the lowest common denominator. Well, we're only going to sing hymns at this event that we're partnering together to do because we don't want to offend anybody. Right, so we saw this kind of things happen. This kind of thing happen where we would like all of a sudden we're there and we're partnering with them. And guess what? We're not doing. We're not being who we are. We're not bringing our best. We're just kind of like we're 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 sacrificing everything that was dear to us in order to partner with people that don't believe like we do. And that's actually not what biblical unity looks like. Biblical unity. It, it, it looks like encouraging the gifts and callings of others. It's like when you get together, well, we, when, uh, when we get together with people that don't believe like us, guess what we do? We be us. <laughs> we just do what we do. And we bring what we bring. And we're not trying to offend them, but we're trying to bring us the best way we can bring it. Right? And if they, if they like ask questions like, well, wh- why does this happen when you guys do worship? Then we say... Well, we tell them why we like it that way or why we do it that way or what we believe about that area. And we invite them into understanding. We don't require that they do it our way. So we, in partnering with them, we might have them like do the worship and they might do hymns. And guess what we're going to do when they do hymns? We're going to be us. We're going to connect with the presence of God. We're gonna we're gonna shout in the moments where it's appropriate and feel and that is that's what we're feeling. We're gonna be us. We're not gonna like you know we're doing hymns, so we're not gonna we're not gonna actually try to experience God's presence here. No, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When when we have our expression and we bring it into that environment and we are actually us, even in in those. Uh, how many have any experience of like going into worship services that are kind of not like what you're normal used to? Totally. I mean, personally, as a worship leader, a singer, I mean, I, when I am in those moments, I really have to fight because I'm like, I don't like the style. I don't like this and I have an opinion, right? But what, what, what is maturity in me is when I like push that aside and then I thought, and I think these people love God. These people are after his presence. They really want to know him. And if they can worship with this, I can worship with this. That's a picture of biblical unity right there. Uh, Issues mattering most uh, is what biblical unity is not. People matter most. That's what biblical unity looks like. All right. Okay. Unity expands our focus beyond ourselves. I was uh, just preparing for, I was just thinking about preparing. I was actually not sitting at my desk. I was doing something else. And I just, the thought hit me that what unity is, is is me kind of letting go of my my view that I'm at the center of the universe. <laughs> right? I mean, pretty much, I, I, you know, I manage myself. I like, I, I, I don't expect other people to brush my teeth for me. 
I mean, I don't expect people to take care of getting me food. I mean, I don't, ex- you know what I mean? I take responsibility for me and I'm, 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 I'm responsible to manage myself. But when it comes to unity, it gives us a, a flavor of, you know what? It's not just my responsibility to take care of me. It's my responsibility to engage with those around me. To, to have relationship. There's something that's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not all about me. <laughs> Maybe you don't think like I think. <laughs> but it's, unity actually takes us shifting our mindsets from what's most important to us to recognizing, like, what do other people think about it? What do other people want? What's important to them? That's what unity requires us to do. Like, what do you care about? And when we care about what other people care about, um, I, years ago, I, I, I had a message that I preached and I talked about cats. And I'm not going to do very much of that today. Because I've not been, throughout my life, a large cat fan. I'm not a fan of cats. You might have one. God bless you. <laughs> you can keep that cat far away from me, maybe. But I really don't care for them. I'm also kind of, I'm allergic to them. So they, they make me get all itchy and sneezies. And, and so I don't, I don't really love them around. Um, but I actually think you are more, than, more important than your love for cats. I would even come to your house, Nancy. I would come to you. I have. And I would, I would have a meeting with you and sit down and drink your wonderful coffee. And the cat's there. Even though my eyes are getting itchy. And it's like, I would, you know, just like, let's get rid of this thing because it's not doing any good. No, I don't even think that thought because I value Nancy, right? (laughs) Unity expands our focus beyond ourselves. All right. What does it look like to look beyond ourselves? God's plan in our region, his plans require more than what we alone can carry. It's like, I, I love who we are. But I can't, get, I, I can't get deceived into the idea that what we have is the only thing that's important. What we want to do can't be, in my viewpoint, the only thing that's important. Because what God wants to do is going to require so much more than just what I carry. This moves me to want to, to, to partner with others because I, I want to see the benefit of what they're doing. And guess what? I want them to experience what I'm doing too, right? It's not, it's not this, uh, this, this weird um, kind of false humility about who we are. Like, well, you don't really want to come to our service, but I love yours. You don't really want to come and do what we're doing. No, it's actually having, we're going to get to this a little bit more too, but you have to have a picture that that values who you are, but it also, it also reaches out and values other people for who they are and what they're bringing. Because we know that his plans require more than what we alone can carry. Every part is important. Lots of, lots of passages actually talk about the body of Christ. Like, you're unique. You know, some of you might be the hand. You know, some of you might be the eyes. But they're all important, right? Every part is important. 
no part is more important than the whole. Let me tell you what I'm saying here. Um, what God is doing in our region, that whole picture, if you want to just, that's, we're going to call that the whole painting right there. That is more important than what any of us that are bringing our individual parts have. I think the greatest, the easiest way for me to describe this is to look at, is to talk about an orchestra. Um, um, in an orchestra, you have a variety of instruments. I mean, you have this, you have the strings, you have the, the percussion instruments, you have the woodwinds, you have the horns, the brass, right? And then, and then you have uh, other in, uh, instruments that maybe I don't know how to classify. Um, the bassoon, I guess it's a woodwind, but, but you know, you have all of these, you, you know, I don't know, how, how many of you like to just listen to bassoon music? Like you have this, like, I have this thing, I really love, I don't either. But, but in the midst of the orchestra, that instrument is absolutely phenomenally beautiful. Like an oboe. You know, you listen to an oboe by itself and it sounds like... But when you listen to it in the context of the orchestra, and the oboe solos might be beautiful. There might be some amazing oboe music out there. I don't know. But you hear what I'm saying? The beauty of the orchestra is when everything is happening together, They're do every piece, every instrument is doing its part. And it creates beauty and harmony and this, this rhythmic stuff that's happening because it doesn't all happen at the same time there's like swells and these movements and like now it's the strings kind of swelling and now the brass comes in with its its fanfare you know or whatever it might sound like but it, it, it creates beauty because of the differences that are there right and that's even true in moments where there's a solo going on in the music Maybe there's this section where, again, you have the oboe solo. If you, like, take everybody and everybody stops, it wouldn't be near as beautiful as if you're listening to all the pieces that are supporting what's going on, right? That's a picture of unity. Each part doing its part. The whole is more important. The whole, the, the symphony happens when everybody does their part. All right. All right. Being secure in our identity is critical for unity. When we're confident in who we are, we're free to bring our best. There it comes. I'm like, I clicked it. I know I did. All right. When we're confident in who we are, we eliminate comparison and jealousy, which comes from insecurity. Right? When we're comparing with other people, like, you know, I, uh, the way you do this, I, I, I really want to be like that. We're actually, that's coming from insecurity, right? That's not gonna. That's not gonna produce unity, because there's there's something that is agitated about them being better at us at something, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so there, there's an aspect of like, for instance, if I if I go to another church and I've and I've. Uh, you know, if I've, I'm thinking right now, I'm thinking of when I went to the, 
the conference over in Fife at New Horizons Church, and it was an amazing conference. And I can I can go into that conference and experience their environment, and I can go, oh, they do things different than than we do. They have some just a little bit different flavor than what we have. It's really good. But if I come away from that and I'm like, I've got to change this about what we're doing and we've got to change that about what we're doing because it's not enough like what they're doing. What they're doing is obviously really good. So I'm going to change everything I'm doing to match up with that. Now, we can learn from it. I'm not saying we can't go, you know, well, that's a great idea. We should we should do something like that in our environment. Um, but even like even like with Bethel, uh, which we, we love Bethel Church in Reading. And um, when we look at Bethel, they do some amazing things. And w- when we, when we kind of take what they do there and we transplant it here and we just try to do it just like they do it, guess what? We don't have the same results that they have when they do it. It's because it's not about replicating the form. It's not about uniformity. It's not about conforming to a certain standard. It's, it's about unity. And what we, we learn from it, we go, wow, we can, we can take their idea and we can actually improve upon it. They're like, well, how can you, I mean, Bethel's like this worldwide ministry. I mean, they have this incredible movement with, you know, thousands of people traveling to Reading every week to, to experience their environment. I mean, when I've been there, there's like almost always just as many visitors there as there are, uh, are there people from, from Reading. And it's amazing. And we don't have that happening here. I don't know if you noticed. But, <laughs> you know, we can actually take ideas that they present and we can make them better. Maybe not better than them. That's not even the goal. Better for us. Better for what God wants to do here. Amen? Eliminating comparison and jealousy. Um, that's what happens when we are confident in who we are. All right. We're not threatened by the gifts that others have, but we can see and receive them for who they are. Understanding who we are gives us a better ability to, to receive the gift that other people are. Identity is really important. All right. Pursuing unity looks like pursuing kingdom identity relentlessly, not just for ourselves, but it's actually for others. When we want, when I want to be in unity with with David, I want to understand how God sees David. Like I want to understand what's David's destiny. What is David passionate about? When I can understand what what David is, how David is made. I can better be in unity with David. I don't need to be like David. I mean, I can in some ways. I can emulate his, his, his character or whatever might be, inspire me about him. Uh, but, uh, but I can, but I can um, bless him. And I can, like, I can even relate to him according to his identity in a better way. When I recognize this is what David's going after. This is what he's passionate about. Then I can I can have a relationship with him that, that augments who he is and where he's going. Um, the scripture actually even tells us to do that. 
That's where it says in, in uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians 5, but it says, no, no, and from now on it says, no, no man after the flesh. In other words, what it's saying is don't wreck, don't just know them for, for uh, their, what, the way they are naturally. Know who God says they are. Know their identity that goes beyond the natural. Um, all right. Okay, what's next here? What are some ways that we can express our value for unity? Identifying and communicating value for the uniqueness that we see in others. That's a way of growing in unity. You can do it right here around the room. When we see each other, we can like identify the greatness that's in each other. Like the way you do that, that is so amazing. I don't think like that at all, but I value that. Getting to know others' prophetic kingdom identity. That's what I was just talking about there with, with David. When we get to know what other people are called to, what other, how other people are wired, how other people, what passions they have and what they're, what they're made by God to do and to be, then we can encourage them in it. We can invite those around us to come and experience our strengths. That's a way to activate unity. Like when we, that's again, identity, Right? When I know who I am, I can actually invite you to come and experience it and be blessed by it. I don't feel threatened that you might be better than me in some areas. I get to say, you know, come and experience the beauty of what God's been doing in my life. And that's unity that, that is happening there. Participation in regional events. Now, this is sort of kind of looking to the region. Like, uh, you know, when we recognize that what God's doing is bigger than us, we think like, well, if I want to be a part of what God's doing, there are things that I can be involved with that aren't necessarily happening at my church. Right? Um, that's where I. That's why I go to other people's conferences. That's why I'm going to the Emerge Conference that's coming up this next weekend because I love to see what God is doing there through Pastor Tom and through Pastor Michelle. I love what I see happening. And I want to I take my strength that I bring and I want to partner with them in seeing what they're doing. So um, you guys all don't want to miss worship on Saturday morning. I'm just telling you. So if you can be there, you should. I'm gonna. I, I have a great team that's gonna be playing with me, and it's just gonna be fun. Um, and, and we've got some great worship. But we get to go and experience their environment, and to press with them to see them be successful. That is so fun. That's what we can do to express our value for unity. Another another way we can do that. We can partner through others uh, in a lot of different ways. <laughs> so many, I mean, there's an endless, uh, there's an endless list of things that you can do to develop unity, but it's partnering with people, like valuing you for what you're going after. And we can do that inside our own church and outside of our church. All right, so activation. The only thing I have here for this on the on the PowerPoint here is just what our normal activations sheet has on it. But it says that we're encouraging you to join us at the Emerge Conference this next weekend. Uh, and there's an, there's an informational flyer at the Welcome Center if you want to know more about that. Um, and we just we definitely want to encourage you to be there. It's going to be a fabulous time. Um, so. But for activation right now, like what do we, here's what I want to do. Why don't we all stand? And we're going to, this is kind of our closing moment here too. So <clears throat> what, I'd, <clears throat> what I'd like you to do is to get with somebody that you know really well. 
oftentimes I tell you to get with someone that you don't know very well. But I want you, if you don't, if there's nobody in the room that you know really well, then take a risk and be with somebody that maybe you're just getting to know. But, um, but we, I just want to ask you to get with them and share with them one area that you think is your strength. Okay? And then the other person, you get to encourage that strength. Okay? Can you do that? All right? And then do it, like, reverse it. Reverse the role so you both get to, like, be encouraged. All right? Um, so I'm going to pray, and then you're going to do that. Okay? Jesus, I thank you that we have amazing people here. <laughs> I thank you that every single person in here displays the beauty of who you are, and they do it in an amazingly different way. God, I ask that you would just grow our unity together here in our, in our midst and also our unity in the region so we can see the fullness of what you want to do happen. Amen. Amen.